One more time for the people in the back. It's not your fault you have stigmatized opinions. I want to reframe and discuss sex negativity this time around. I've been noticing sex negativity creeps itself into our inherent reaction to things in ways we might not initially realize. Unfortunately, sex is still very uncomfortable in today's society. Think the patriarchy, capitalism, religion, etc. Those kinds of things are to blame. Communication about sexual desires, wants, needs, STI statuses, comfortability, and consent are just not normalized. Negative myths. Number one. People who have high sexual desire and or multiple partners are considered to have a lack of self-respect or self-control. Negative myth, myth two. People who have STIs are considered dirty, irresponsible, or doomed. Negative myth three. People who have lower interest in sexual dynamics are considered boring, afraid, or have something wrong with them. Myth number one, let sluts be sluts. Some people think about sex every day. Some people love to sexually connect with a variety of partners. Maybe they enjoy connecting physically with people. It's fun for them. Casual sex means different things to different people. This could mean random hookups or this could mean sleeping with someone you're regularly seeing. Whatever it is, if someone is having casual sex or has a high number of sexual partners, be mindful of your inherent biases. Were you raised to think that this lifestyle was wrong? Maybe it's not the choice that you feel comfortable with, but that is personal for you and it doesn't mean it's wrong. Some people use their bodies to connect deeper with others. Some people view it as a fun activity. This does not mean that they are easy and say yes to everyone that comes their way. This also does not mean that they have low standards. As long as everyone involved is doing so consensually, able to fulfill their daily responsibilities, and are most importantly happy, let them live and check out where your judgments are coming from. If you are someone who is having or thinking about sex often and willingly, ask yourself, What about it do you enjoy? The strength you find in knowing why you do something will allow you to combat judgments other people might be passing upon you. And if you're someone who's trying to understand why someone else has sex often, it is not your place to diagnose them. If you're not a trained professional or someone's personal therapist, it is not your place to try to tell them that they're living their life without intention and dignity. If you are intimately interacting with someone who has a different lifestyle choice than you and you find yourself uncomfortable with that relationship, reflect on it and is this person really the right person for you to be interacting with intimately? Just because they are not the right person for you does not mean that they're living their life the wrong way. Personal anecdote. I view sex as a way to connect deeper with someone. It is essential for me to have emotional intimacy with someone. I've spent the time getting to know my body and what makes me happy. Sex makes me happy. Connecting with people makes me really happy. And I connect with a lot of people. And when it doesn't make me happy for whatever reason, I get the fuck out. And sometimes I stumble my way out the door, though. 
It took me a long time to understand this about myself, and I've had a lot of judgment passed upon me. When I took the time to understand what sex means to me, I began to have more confidence in my choices. Because they are my choices, and they're important to me. Myth number two. If you have an STI, welcome to the club. You don't need a password to get into this club. It's not exclusive or anything. It's actually one of the world's most popular and largest clubs. I'm going to talk about two of the most common STIs. HPV. Apparently, 90% of people have HPV. Oh, what? Vaginal holders only know they have it when they get their paps. And penis holders, well, most of them don't ever know. And as Queen Ali Wong says, if you don't have HPV yet, you're a fucking loser. I know it's kind of aggressive, but... It gets the point across. Personal anecdote. I first got HPV when I was 23 and I had a mental breakdown. My doctor gave me a hug and told me not to worry too much about it. Like, what? I was like, what do you mean? And then it went away. That is because the vagina is a magical place. Oh, but then again, I got it at 29. And after some serious cervical drama, it just went away again and of course it does not always just go away and of course i cried a lot over this because it's scary but it doesn't have to be if you have hpv and you're confused and scared about it phone a friend or i'm giving you permission to reach out to me about it after learning the hard way i know what to ask the doctor and it doesn't need to be emotional roller coaster but the information is important. Also, this is a PSA for vagina holders to get their annual PAP. It's free if you have insurance. Otherwise, we have Planned Parenthood. If you don't have a clinic near you, there are a lot of nonprofits that can help vagina holders get the health care that they need. Yay, herpes. I love herpes because it's laughable how afraid of it everyone is. One in three people have herpes. That's right. How many drunk makeouts did you participate in in your 20s? How many times have you or someone gone down on you without a condom or a dental dam? How many of you don't even know what a dental dam is? (laughs) How many times did your great aunt give you a kiss with a cold sore on her lip? Every cold sore ever is herpes. Cold sores are herpes. I love that Dimitri Martin quote that says, Glitter is the herpes of craft supplies. I love it because not only is it true, but glitter is fun. Oops, I'm I'm not saying that herpes is fun. I just enjoy that it's being compared to glitter and not the bubonic plague. Herpes is so easily transmitted, like glitter, but it's so shameful. I'm not saying this to freak you out. I'm saying this to you so that we can normalize herpes. There's a reason why there's no cure for it. Because it's pretty damn harmless. The CDC doesn't even recommend it be included on the standard STI panel. Most people who have herpes don't even know they have it. Some people never show symptoms. So next time you pass judgment on someone who has herpes, go get tested yourself. If you want to be a respectful sexual partner, it's important to know what you carry. PSA, if you go get tested for STIs and you're like, 
oh, I have no STDs. You still don't know if you have herpes because you specifically have to ask your doctor to test you for herpes. They will not test you unless you say, can you do the blood test for herpes? So just saying, if you've gotten tested in the past, you probably haven't been tested for herpes. Anyway, I will carry on. If someone discloses to you that they have herpes and you find yourself uncomfortable by it, it's because you're ignorant. Yikes. I used the I word. I realize this sounds aggressive, but it's important to check out where your biases come from. Ask questions. Learn more. If you find yourself diagnosed with herpes or any other STI, there's nothing gross, shameful, or embarrassing about it. Sex is meant to be wonderful, and sometimes there are side effects. Children are pretty great too, but they're massive virus machines and we do not shame them. Take care of the inner child and don't shame them if you find yourself with an STI. Just take care of yourself, know your status, get your meds, be healthy, do your best. People are weird about STIs because our society shames sex. Don't be one of those people. And I want to reinforce how important it is to ask someone their STI status and to be upfront about it yourself. It's how we cultivate trust, respect, and openness. Communication builds more meaningful relationships. Myth three. Sexual desire is a beautiful and wonderful spectrum. Do you know someone who just doesn't want to get it on, maybe ever Have you ever found yourself thinking they need therapy? That they should just go for it? That they need a nice partner to make them feel cozy and open up their sexuality? That could be true, but they could also just have no drive to have any sexual intercourse at all with someone. I know this might sound crazy coming from me, but there's more to life than sex. Some people are only interested in romantic connections. Some people have a lot going on in their lives. Some people just enjoy the company of others but aren't interested in anything romantic and sexual. Some people are demisexual and only want to have sex with someone they are romantically attracted to. I bet more of you can relate to that than you realize. Ace awareness is really important because, again, our society shames sex. Our society shames the sluts and the sexually disinterested. What the hell? We believe there is something wrong with us if we don't want to have sex, but we're disturbed if we want it all the time. I think it's important to ask yourself the question, what is more important to me than sex? If you find yourself not really interested in sex, I encourage you to read about the A spectrum. I want to reinforce the word spectrum. Personal anecdote. I have been with people who are just not as interested in sex as I am. I dated someone I grew quite fond of, and he said to me, I wish society didn't deem sex as essential for a romantic relationship. He didn't want to have sex as I did, and I thought there was something wrong with him. I made him feel like he needed help. I feel really disappointed that I couldn't have been a better ally to someone who was confused about their sexual desire. I was confused too, and honestly, I kind of felt rejected, but this is why education is important. The more education we do, the less shame spreads. That being said, 
It's important to honor your needs while not judging someone else's. You can do both at the same time. If you find yourself confused about what you desire sexually, again, ask yourself what sex means to you. What is going on in your life that's making you sexually disinterested? Is this something you've been struggling with for a short period or since you can remember? Tune into your body and be honest with yourself. And I apologize on behalf of society that no one prepared us for that, for understanding the incredible spectrum that is sexuality. Fundamentally, how people choose to interact sexually or romantically is none of your business. But if you're so curious about it, I, of course, encourage you to educate yourself. The best way to do that is to start with yourself. Here are some questions that you can ask yourself. If you enjoy sex, what kind of sex do you enjoy? It can be as innocent as, I like when we hold hands, or as raunchy as, I like when they slap my ass so hard that they leave a handprint. Ask yourself why you like these things. Get specific. What do you not like about sex? Again, it's as simple as, I don't like it when my partner hasn't showered, or less common, like, I didn't like that threesome we had that one time. Ask yourself why you don't like these things. How often do you desire sex? If you if you haven't found yourself that interested, how long have you been feeling this? Is there a reason as to why you haven't been interested in sex? When was the last time you got STI tested? And I'm going to remind you that you have to ask them for the herpes test. They won't just do it. You have to you have to ask them. And you should, you should ask them. And when was the last time your partner got tested or partners? And when was the last time you asked them? Knowing who you are and being confident in how you feel and what you want is the way to normalize sex positivity. Thank you so much for giving this a listen. Um, it's really important to me that we understand ourselves better and normalize our sexual expression and our feelings. And I hope by listening to this, you could gain some insight on your own selves and how you can be a better sexual ally.